I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Don't adjust your phone, your radio, whatever the hell you've got on. It is two episodes in a week for Break It Down. I'm Alex McCarthy. Kenny McIntosh as well is in the house and we have plenty to talk about. The Rock is on the board of directors of TKO. WrestleMania plans allegedly leaked by Justin Barrasso and co. We have a lot to dive into. Raw to Netflix. Raw to Netflix. Christ. That's in 2025. Who cares? No, we care. We do care. Um, We're going to jump into all of that on the show tonight. And we're going to hear from SmackDown GM, Britain's own Nick Aldis, to close the show, the main event, if you will. Kenny, we're going to start with The Rock because it's I'm the presenter and I said so. I love The Rock and he is now not only main event in WrestleMania 40, he's on the board with TKO. I felt like he was going to get up on stage and say, Kenny McIntosh, this one's for you, brother. You know, nothing nothing sounds better than a guy getting $30 million in shares, a <laughs> seat on the board, and then he comes in and takes the main event away from a guy who's supposed to finish his story. What a pro. I saw Cody say in an interview, I don't think The Rock is going to come and, and <laughs> screw something that's been building for two years. Well, you should think again, Cody. You know you the business well. Again. What's going and, on? And the thing is, like... I, I mean, I'll just get again straight away because it's on my mind. Like we we talked about this last week, and I get it. Like the reasons that it's a box office match, I understand. You don't need to convince me or tell me that I'm stupid because I don't see the big picture. I get all that. I just think, you know, WWE 
10 years ago, and I do think Triple H, if the leaked card is correct, has actually done better than Vince would have done this scenario. But it's like, you know, we lived through that part-timer era and Rock was a big part of that. And he ruined a lot of shit because he came in and just, you know, CM Punk in 2013 probably should have been the main event at WrestleMania, not the the set, the rematch of those two. We didn't need to see a rematch at all. I mean, I, I was there live in New York for that match and it was excruciating. Mm. It was so long. It was so tedious. Anyway, even, no- I, even I, as the Rock's biggest fan, and uh, funnily enough, my best friend Joe, he was like a huge CM Punk fan. And when I got back into wrestling mm-hmm. around 2010, um, he was like his biggest proponent. And we were arguing at the time. I was like, well, the Rock's back. Like, Who cares? You know. And then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, similarly to my outlook now, and um, it wasn't till a few years removed. And then I think after Punk had left and stuff, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think they fucked that. Um, you I, know. Will say, I will say something surprising. That you, like, people may be surprised to hear me say this. And I don't, I'm not joking when I say this. It's going to sound like I'm making a joke. If it's Rock and Roman and that's the match, Rock should beat him. Like, yeah. let's do it. I do not care. About Roman Reigns, I, I get this from you. you, you I know you said he was stale on the last episode, right? Am you, I wrong? No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just prying into your thought process. Well, do you know what I agree? I'm just saying, like, I think that the reason do you I not think, think he... this is the kind of storyline that does inject life, though. No, hundred percent it does. But the thing is, so let's say they do this storyline, right? And let's just let's say they do ten out of ten amazing storytelling in this story leading up to WrestleMania, right? The thing is, after WrestleMania, we are still stuck with no more Rock. Um, maybe, I mean, let's say maybe they put JSO back in the bloodline with, you know, to kind of beef it up a bit again. You've then got a kind of summer period where we're kind of going to have the rest of the bloodline again trying to be there for Roman. And I'm just kind of over it. Like, I'm just, it, and, you know, maybe there is stuff they can do to inject it. I can't speak for that. But for now, I mean, I remember when, you know, after Money in the Bank, I was there at SummerSlam, and SummerSlam was a good show, and then the Jay Uso Roman Reigns match, and it didn't really deliver, I think, mm. the way that people thought it was going to. And then I think since then, it's just kind of been really devoid of any memorable moments. And the first seven months of the year was full of them. Like, they were constant. It felt every kind of second week, third week, you had this big bloodline moment that felt like it was going to be replayed in a highlight package. And then they went to Crown Jewel, and uh, had that match with Daily Night, and I remember watching the match and just going, "Oh, it's a formula now." For me, it was just like I knew it. Like before, I could always kind of not have. To, I, I didn't think about it. I mean, I knew the formula was there, but like I, it, it wasn't on my mind. But in the Daily Night match, I felt like it was very oh. in the front of my mind that there was there was this formula, and you know, I think the four ways are interesting because Randy Orton's back and he's, but I mean, I don't think I'm interested in it really that much because of Roman Reigns, so but I mean, maybe the Rock stuff is gonna breathe new life into Roman but I mean, you, you know, you're the better person to ask, right, because you're the big Rock fan, you know I feel like <laughs> feel the Rock could murder someone, but well, you know, the guy might deserve it. Well, what did the guy do? What did the guy do? Context is key, but like, so do you think that is Roman beating Rock and I was going back to part-time Roman, is that satisfying? Or is there a scenario where Rock could win? Yeah. Like I mean, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out just because of the way the Rock Cena played out and the Rock talks about being a long gamer. He likes to keep bringing this up as if 
you know, a show in three months' time isn't the be-all and end-all to him. And, of course, he is on the board now. You know, it, basically, he's intrinsically linked to the success of both WWE and UFC. And one might think that might be a crutch for the company in some ways, right? Leading into the Netflix era, I mean, would you be surprised if The Rock was champion? <laughs> I'm not saying he should be or will be, but it's not out. You know, I could, that, that's like a Vince McMahon thought. Right. Well, there's he, also the there's also the element of you know the, the kind of stories out there of you know what if Saudi chucked loads of money at them, so you know do, does Rock win? Well, it if, they, if they request the Rock and the Rock's like you know he's part of the company again now like properly, yeah. So uh, maybe if they do, that, I mean maybe Rock wins it at Mania and then he drops it in Saudi Arabia. Maybe that's I, I what they do. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the only thing that I've you know I, I've heard the Rock talk about how he wants to put over Roman, and one would think given what Hogan did for him once upon a time, that The Rock would do for Roman. That's That just seems like elementary. That should be a given. Yeah. Um, talking about what happens after, like my, my general opinion is us as wrestling fans spend far too long going, well, what about what you do with this person after here? And then what about this? In reality, is- you should build the biggest, like, hard ideally but obviously the match you're meant to deliver the biggest match you can on the biggest show in the biggest slot that that should be everything else after that is kind of secondary and then you build again and you you know you start a fresh however you want to do i I don't see there being any good arguments of but what about what this person can do etc etc because none of that will equate to what you've got here the end goal of this business is to make the biggest money matches you can possibly make if you have one right in front of you you don't go well, what, what, what if we don't finish? I was about to throw a random name out there, like you know, Kofi King, you know, whatever. What if this person doesn't get their run and finish what they've been doing on Raw for the last three months? Hmm. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Like it. I mean, it, like I said in the last show, it does to a degree. But, 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 here, here, supersede. but here's where we are counteract that with right. So, so that's all fair enough, and they should build to the biggest match. But I don't think that the audience should then be left with four months of pedestrian programming for that. No, belt. ideally not. The, the to... onus is on WWE for that, right? Like they've got yeah. enough talent to make it's it. Also, work. like what? I mean, I don't mean this is a shady thing to say. It's going to sound shady because I'm saying it more for effect that way. But like, <laughs> what is Roman doing? Yeah, yeah, like, he's just enjoying life. Like he couldn't come to SmackDown every two weeks. Like, he couldn't get in a jet once every two weeks and come and do a promo and leave. I mean, we're not we're not asking him to wrestle on TV. And I, look, he's put in a shift. I'm not saying he hasn't. And, you know, maybe there's more we don't know. But I just think if he was around a little bit more, because, yeah. it, because you don't think that before SmackDown in the first half of 2023, it was like a must-see show. It was destination. Yeah, or even three. even when he first became the tribal chief, it was, and you had Sasha and Bailey like against each other, and it was like for two hours that was two huge stories that you just had to put some pieces around, and they had like Sami Zayn, do, you know what I mean? Like it was a great show. Whereas now it's like, I mean, if, do you, do, in your mind, did you feel it from maybe say October to December? Did you did, did SmackDown feel as must see to you as it did six months before? No, I, I didn't see every single one. No doubt. I looked at, you know, I I looked at highlights when I got to be honest, when I work, when I work on Saturdays with, with the mail and I'm covering football, the first thing I do is whack on SmackDown mostly. Right. Um, And I was intrigued by LA Knight and Roman Reigns, but again, that's not every week. Um, So it's, 
it's it, it, if I don't have to work on the Saturday, sometimes I think oh, I'll just read what happened and watch the YouTube, you know, whatever. But um, there was a time where I had to watch it. You know, there's been times where I've had to stay up, right? Where I'm like, I need to, you know, I might as well see this out. Um, but again, if we're going back to, you know, Roman Reigns and history, end of the day, they've paid him for the dates that he's got. We've had this conversation with Brock Lesnar down the years, and I was the biggest moaner about Brock Lesnar being on top when he was hardly ever there. We're doing what, it again. What element of what element of <laughs> your opinion on this would you say is based more overwhelmingly on your love of The Rock than the situation itself? I still think if it was if it was the biggest match you could do, like I I, I can't think of a wrestler that I if if oh Jesus is going to pay me to say it, if Goldberg <laughs> was the biggest money match there was, I would still find it hard to argue against it. Yeah. In this instance, I still think that this is one of the most hotly anticipated and sensical stories they've got. Oh, yeah, and, I, and, I don't, and I don't disagree with any of that. I think you're totally right. I think the only thing that's given me a slight headache about it is that from last year, I don't think a lot of it was great in the second half of the year. And I think that's my worry is that if we go back to that, because I just want, I just want it to be a, a good follow-up. And you yeah, know, maybe, well, maybe, maybe, I, I hope what comes out of it is Solo Sokoa has like a emerging part like I assume that it's all about you know if it is going to be all in family, we're probably going to get Rikishi come out one week and shit and get the Usos together and all of this. Yeah, I did it for the Rock, all of that <laughs> good stuff. And I think once you get like the whole family elements, what is quite important to do within all of this is Solo's rise because I do think that will be him getting a win over Roman at some stage is going to be the jettison to the big time for him. Right, he's playing his role. He's playing his role. He has been kept quite strong. Doesn't lose that often. Um, you know, and he's got big wins to his name. I think that would be like a big thing where Rock and Roman could say, yeah, we did our business, but we also made Solo. And then like if, if the Usos deliver a great match together at Mania or come back together, I don't know, whatever they do, it would then be hard to argue that it wasn't worth their while. If you set up something moving past that with the bloodline, I do agree with you. The bloodline is fragmented as fuck at the moment. And it's very hard to see that picture that I'm trying to paint. But I do think the potential is there with the story and the characters in play. You've got Heyman in the mix there too. I've got to say, I'm surprised as a fellow guy like me, who loves the story element of wrestling and the entertainment that you're not more on board. I think I think it's only because I think that what's been so refreshing the last couple of years is that we we had kind of left that Vince thing of like always going back to the old guys, like we kind of left that and it felt quite mm, nice. Stone to... Cold, Stone Cold was pretty successful, but even though Stone Cold wasn't in the world title match against no, no, he, was, he he was in a you know it was a, a thing designated to its own part of the show, which was great. I think, that, yeah, but but it wasn't, but it didn't it didn't have any bearing. Like Kevin Owens before or after was it wasn't gonna make a difference. It was just about that one thing. So I think that's the difference with this. Um and yeah, I just I I like a lot of the people on the show. And this is not like a this is not me saying, oh, they shouldn't do it or that, you know, it's just more what you know, with Cody Rhodes, you've got to come up with good stuff for him. So I mean, maybe that leads us into the WrestleMania card because 
Yeah. What did what did he do to Cody Rhodes if he's not in this can match? I, can I just say before we do move into that that yes. um little known fact which I think was lost in the news yesterday is there was another man appointed to the TKO board of directors alongside The Rock, Brad Keywell. I think that probably slipped through a lot of people's minds. Uh, he's, he's, he Brad. founded he founded Groupon. There you go. He's on there now. Well, he was usurped by by Rock. Also, I mean, do you know, I, I, what often really <laughs> another makes, man, another man beaten by the Rock. <laughs> what, what often makes me laugh about the Rock because the Rock is such a you know affable, nice guy. He you know he seems just really nice, um, which you know is. It's, it's interesting that he's now the head of a company that heads up UFC that's got a, a fighter just being openly transphobic and homophobic and Dana White just saying fighters allowed to say what they want. Oh, but, you know, Sean Strickland. But yeah. You yeah. know, that's another another story. But like, he was on that, he was on one of these, like, I think it was like a CNBC thing or whatever yesterday with Ari Emanuel. And he's in this like turtleneck with a leather jacket. <laughs> and he just looks the size of like a country. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's in like, the wardrobe. But he's trying, you know. But I guess if you're the rock size, how do you dress and not look huge? But his 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 outfit made me laugh. But um, anyway, yeah. So the 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 card, Cody. the card. Let's let's move back to that. I, you know, again, me and Kenny have been going back and forth. It was only a few days ago we were talking about is Seth Rollins going to be ready to face CM Punk? When it seems like we don't have to worry about that. Um, we have seen different various reports today that or Seth Rollins in an interview, in fact, says that he hopes to be wrestling again within a month and he doesn't believe, or at least he hopes, that WrestleMania will not be his first match back from injury. So there's hope there with what Seth Rollins is going to do post-MCL problems. and But it's not CM Punk or Cody Rhodes who were talking about winning the Rumble this Monday who are allegedly going to win the Rumble. According to Sports Illustrated, it's going to be CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And Royal Rumble winner Gunther is going to face Seth Rollins for the world title and presumably beat him. Um, Multiple sources have told Sports Illustrated that Triple H has indicated Cody Rhodes will not headline this year's WrestleMania, nor will he finish the story at WrestleMania. Now, that's twofold then in that, Kenny, that CM Punk Cody won't main event one of the nights. So it's not only an impact on Cody not getting his spot and shot at the world title and finishing that story that everyone has come to hate the phrase, I'm sure they have. Mm. Um, but CM Punk doesn't get his return WrestleMania main event either. Yeah, it's a lot of, <clears throat> it's a lot of stuff. A lot. Mm. But, but and I guess the, the thing is, it's like, for every bit of the domino that you put that is good for somebody, it hurts somebody else. So, like, for Seth Rollins, it would be much bigger for him to be in a match with CM Punk than Gunther. But for Gunther, it's much better to be in a match with Seth Rollins than you know, do something else. But I think the, 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 thing I, the thing I think is one of the most important things they have to just take care of with this card is Cody because they put so much stock into the story, they put so much stock in, and they're so hot right now. That you what you don't want, and I don't think I don't think this is it, but you don't want to turn people away. You don't mm. want to have people who've been really invested and then you don't feel like they've got something out of it. So to me, if if I if if you were to sit me down and say, right, Kenny, you've got the book in WWE, we need to do Rock and Roman, what do we do with Cody? And I had it no restraints, punk would be the pick. That would yeah, be I mean, the, the it's a great point. matchup on paper. That is undeniable. No, no matter how no matter how you Chalk it up. 
CM Punk versus Cody is a big attraction. To say it won't main event, though, my issue with this is what will. Now, presumably, Gunther and Seth is a candidate for that if you're trying to truly anoint Gunther. Or we don't know what one half of the women's picture looks like right now. You know, Izzy are going to be champion, Bailey, all of that fallout. Who's going to win that rumble? But what one thing we are quite confident in is Becky and Rhea. Now, that, that is a big time, first time matchup. Yeah. Is it a main event? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's difficult to say what's the main event now because we could sit here, like, we could sit here with with a, a card on paper and go, this is the main event, this isn't. But as we know executions everything yeah like you know i remember a couple of years ago when i mean if we'd been told that ronda and charlotte were going to face off at wrestlemania you'd be like, oh it's gonna be great and it was it, it was not great at wrestlemania 38 when it when it happened so i think that gunther and seth if that is the match is in contention i think becky and Rhea's in contention i mean the thing is though i don't think they would put becky and Rhea and seth and gunther and cody and punk all in the one night mm. so are they putting Cody and Punk on night two? And that's why, you know, Triple H is so sure it's not going to main event. I wonder if that changes. Um, well, you, you just said as well, execution's everything. The yes. tag match main evented night one last year, and that was a perfect example of it was the hottest story. And it, it wasn't had, the plan. No, it wasn't the plan, but it, it was the hottest story, and it had the talent to execute, yeah. right? Now, I think from interviewing her before the show, that Charlotte was under the impression it might be her. That her and Rhea, which, by the way, was an absolute banger that same night. Um, I think she might have been under the impression that she was going to main event too. And, of course, that it didn't come to pass. So you have to wonder at what point things started to swell. You know, Brock Lesnar opened night two last year. It It is all about what is the hottest coming into the show. And often it's not like, I mean, to be fair, like Bianca and Sasha, the build to that wasn't great either. So I, we started to worry. I don't know if you recall this, but there was mm-hmm. a bit of a like, oh no, is that is that going to main event? So it it is all about what WWE do with it, to be honest. Yeah, and it's, I think the thing with, with Cody and Punk, again, it's, it's one of those things where like you say, Punk's just back. I mean, you've got to assume that conversations have happened and that, you know, everybody's on board with the idea. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say to you. What about Punk? Like, has Punk been promised the main event? And then within, mm. what, like a month or two, he's out? 
Like, what's what's happening I mean, there? I mean, it's crazy because we watched Raw on Monday, that amazing segment with Cody Rhodes and CM so Punk. Good. And yeah. then, but like, and I think in my mind and in everyone else's mind, we're like, oh, well, you know, one of these two is winning the Rumble. So that, and now it's like, well, neither of them are winning it. So I guess execution again comes down to it. I think the good thing about this, if, if I try and be positive, is that, you know, there is the rest of the year. And to mm. just have everything be on WrestleMania is you know, they should make SummerSlam feel bigger. They should they should make other shows feel bigger. So, you know, Punk can headline other shows. I mean... Yeah, but he wants Mania, doesn't he? he want, but then, I mean, look, we sign a multi-year deal. He can main event the following... Because after Rock, and I know we've people have said this in the past, but after Rock, there isn't anybody else to come back and be in the world title match. No. Every, everybody, you know, Cena's not come back to be in the world title match because as much as... Do you know... That's another conversation. I'm not going to go into it. There's a whole, there's a whole, well, I'll go into it very quickly. So I have this thing, right, where I just, I think John Cena was a massive star, one of the biggest stars they ever had, right? I don't think he was a particularly great wrestler. No, nor do I. That's just my opinion. And I mean, the other, not, not, not that he hasn't had good matches, by the way. Yeah, no, he's had, he's had great matches. Yeah. But like, I put a thing up, but it was like a thing about, you know, who's the best uh, talker, in ring, all these different things. It was like Roman Cena, whatever, and I kind of put Cena like number three or four of whatever the list was. Um, oh no, it was it was talker. It was like promo, and I put Cena behind Hogan only because I think Hogan in his time talked more people in than Cena did. Not that I think yeah. his style was good in the day. And all these people were like, Cena's one of the best wrestlers. Like a lot of people, and I was like, do mm. people think he was? And because when I was on YouTube earlier today, I stuck on like a Rumble Marathon thing they've got on just now. Yeah, and it was like Cena and Orton from 2014, and Cena does like a move while the referee's clearly been knocked down, and he can see it, and he does the move, and there's nobody to count, and he just goes like, <gasps> like as if like I'm so shocked that there's no referee. <laughs> it's like you're not a pantomime dame, John. But anyway, yeah. Um, the, the original point. I don't think there's anybody else after this year that can come back into the world title match, so we shouldn't have in theory that problem next year. Um, but I do think it's weird to just not even give Punk and Cody the option that they could be the main event at night one because I think that that should be on the table. But I mean... I can't think of a stronger match right now from what we know or what we're thinking. I mean, we don't know... I mean, you, sorry, my wheels are really spinning about Cena and what you've said about him now. But I mean, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, what is Lesnar going to do? A lot of people were saying, oh, maybe he could get Gunther and, you know, all of this stuff. You you take If you take all the players off the table that we've already talked about, that's Roman, that's Rock, that's Punk, that's Cody, Gunther, Seth. Yeah. There aren't a lot of options left for Brock. I, I still, and I pitched this not long ago, and I actually think it would be great, is Brock Lesnar and Logan Paul. I really think that could be great. Um, <laughs> just, just because people would love to see Brock fuck up Logan Paul, right? Like that, yeah, there yeah. is a... I I could I could definitely see that out of the options that we've got left. Do you know that there, there is something that that Finn uh, Finn Martin had said on a podcast with me, and this was a couple of months ago now. But whenever ever since he said it, it's just stuck in my head as something that I think could be a great idea again if they executed well. And he kind of talked about the idea of basically Paul Heyman bringing Brock into the bloodline and sort of being like you know Brock's struggled on his own you know, and use that as part of the story and have him kind of in the group and, you know, build different stuff. And I think doing something wacky like that could could be good for the bloodline because they are a bit stale. Is it he there enough, good. though, to, to make that work? 
Well, I assume he would need to, if they were going to do it, he would need to sort of put in a commitment of like, say it's three months. Like Road and, to Mania, right? I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like, like, so if it's now to Mania, whatever it is, and then maybe it's him and, you know, whatever you do, I think there is something in that because if it's not Brock and Gunther, I mean, Brock and Logan Paul does sound very fun. Outside of that, I don't really know who, I mean, who is Brock Lesnar? Are we going to end up with another kind of Omas-like match this who year? Who is what I mean? Two years in a row where you don't really have anything for him. That's not, you know, he's still a big star. Like, unless you, I don't know, you, you're, I mean, trying you could, to, you, you're, you're trying to make someone against him, like an Austin Theory or something, but fuck me. You could do, I mean, this is not that exciting. I'm not saying it, but I mean, maybe a heel Brock against Randy Orton since he's so hot right yeah. now. Yeah. You know what? I I, I, I want to say this while it's on my mind because I, I haven't been able to shake the John Cena conversation because I'm totally <laughs> in agreement with you. Um, I feel like the, you you get a lot of people that you know maybe don't understand the criteria. There are so many wrestlers, like well respected ones, that have talked about how John Cena is like clunky and difficult in the ring. Like as far as the actual art of professional wrestling goes, you know he's got all the charisma in the world and all that stuff. But to say like He's a great wrestler. Conversely, they all say the opposite about Randy Orton. There is not one professional wrestler that you admire who doesn't think Randy Orton's like the best in the world today, right? And I'm, and and that doesn't mean he does shooting stars and you know all of these eccentric things and he dazzles you with all of these you know incredible sequences. He's just fucking excellent at like positioning, reactions, the facials, the the, the timing, all of that stuff that I, I, I suppose the quote-unquote untrained eye common fan wouldn't notice that he's excellent at. I think the opposite works for Cena. People don't realise that he's sometimes amazing dance partners maybe have helped make the matches what they are, but he brings the stardust that makes them go the extra mile. You understand? Um, That's that's my point on that one. But um, I can't even remember what the original conversation was. Brock Lesnar. Ah, it's... I, I, I looking up and down the roster. I mean, unless you, you know, I don't, I don't know what Sammy and KO are going to be up to. Um, yeah, I mean, there could be something there, or you know, do you finally get Stone Cold? <laughs> I mean, I, I this, I'm just literally spitballing. I'm not saying you should, but there aren't many obvious paths. I mean, I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Drew and Brock do a real match. Because I feel like when Drew dethroned him, that was just bollocks, really. The finish of Fest and then it's yeah. over. I, I, I mean, I, I quite like the idea. I mean, they've not done this in years. I don't know if, I don't know if they have done it and I've forgotten, but I actually like the idea of something with, like, say Brock and Drew, and it's like, it's for the next title shot. Like, yeah. it's for the next... I mean, they should do that, really. Like, we, obviously, we haven't had that at Mania. When you think, you know, they took away the Money in the Bank concept, that was obviously one of the, the pulls of it being at Mania originally, right? But uh, I would like that where they set up the next thing. Because it just gives you something where, like, so say it was Brock and Drew as an example, and I know they're a really good match. But like, if you have a title shot at stake, that automatically well, it needs some extra juice. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and also like Brock going after Drew. You know, I don't know who's who right now. Drop both kind of heels. I don't know. It's it's clunky. But I I I I look at that card or the leaked card. And I do have questions that we've all, you know, we've discussed here. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously you've got Judgment Day as well, where they need to be factored in fairly heavily. 
you know, Priest is obviously, uh, Priest has got to give up the briefcase in the next few months. Um, Finn probably needs a big match. Dom needs a big match. But who do you put him up against that, you know, Ray as well? Like, what's going on there? Uh, presumably Ray and um, Santos Escobar, I, I presume. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think, I think the... I mean, for me, I think Priest and Balor as the tag champs in a tag title match would probably be better because I just don't think Priest is going to be in a big against, singles match. Against whom, though? Like, uh, Profits, I guess, the, the rebranded Profits, and then... I mean, let's be honest, it's probably going to end up being... I mean, who would I like it to be like in a, in a fantasy world or am I living on planet Earth? But well, I mean, but I'm open to both. I mean, if it was if it was fantasy world, I'd love them to build up Chad and Otis for it. Oh, me too. Like, I'd love if they just really put the rocket behind them and did that. I think people would, if you can get that going, people would be so behind them at the show. And, you know, and that could be fun. But, I mean, people, the, 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 the priest briefcase thing is interesting because he got until, I guess he's got until July. It just feels like he's had it forever. Yeah, and not really done much with it. Like, no, there was I'm... that original tension with Finn that went fucking nowhere. And then, <laughs> you know, I, let me say this before we move on to Nick Aldis, because I'm conscious we have been speaking a little bit. Yeah. Um, does Gunther really need to win the world title at WrestleMania? Um, Is he that kind of guy who's going to be the next guy? He's a great wrestler. Great wrestler. His CV of matches in WWE is stupid. Like, I might argue it's better than anyone's in terms of you know, his classic two-match ratio <laughs> is really, really high. Um, is he the next sort of babyface star? No. Um, I, uh, it's it's rare or, you know, seldom does it happen that you anoint the next sort of monster heel world champion at WrestleMania. Is, is that something that needs to happen here? Because it's if he goes there as undefeated intercontinental, he's undefeated on the main roster, right? Undefeated intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. Merges the belts, double champ. Priced. <laughs> like that is top of the top of the card. I mean, and, and then what? The only thing you can really do from there is challenge whoever's the winner out of Rock and Roman, right? Like, and he is just the guy from then. And I'm not against it in terms of match quality. I'm just spitballing. Does Mania need to be built around his anointment? That to me, I would argue it could be another show. I mean, if he wins the rumble. Then it has, well, to, it has to be, but, but if he doesn't, I'm just it, arguing about the whole process. Like, yeah, is, that, mean, is that what we should be doing? The issue I think that they've got, and they, I, I don't know how they're going to figure it out, is that no matter, so no matter what way you sit down and go, this should be who wins the Rumble, this should be what the card is at WrestleMania, this should be this, there's like a couple of key players who kind of get shafted somehow. You know, like if, if it's Rollins and Gunther, I mean, well, Rollins was going to get the punk match, so that's not really great for him. If, it, like I say, if it's, if it's Punk and Cody, Neither of them get the main event. What does Lesnar do if Gunther's not available for him? Because we thought that might be the match. Well, like, to me, that's a better match for him than winning the world title of Rollins. I know that sounds stupid, but I think it is. But then that puts Rollins back with, with Punk, and then that gives Cody nothing to do. Yeah, I see the dilemma. But so again, then it's like it's these jigsaw. Somebody pieces. has to lose, is what you're saying. I, I get it, but like somebody oh. has to be somebody has to not be not be shined at WrestleMania this year, and it's. I guess it's who you choose to do that with. And I don't really know what the answer is because none of those, none of Gunther, Cody, Rollins and Punk feel that they should be people who are not in prime big matches. 
Yeah, and it seems like WWE are going to resist the temptation to do triple threat or four way or, or anything like that. You know, I mean, because seen... last year Gunther they, they kind of bucked the trend because usually triple threat matches in four ways are, are not memorable. But I mean, that drew shades. so good. It was phenomenal. So, should we very quickly mention Netflix Raw before we go to the <laughs> I mean, you've said it. No, I mean, uh, yeah, well, uh, we're, we're looking at basic, I mean, Netflix from January 2025, the US, Canada, Latin America, and the UK, that is where you will find Raw. Um, you know, I know, I think Tony Khan, not Tony Khan, fuck me. Nick Khan has suggested that it is Monday Night Raw for now. Um, not not that it's not open to changing that day, but yes, obviously it will be Netflix heading in a slightly different direction with a live option each week. No adverts, which is oh my god! Like if you watch those old Raws in like '99 where they have like an ad every half an hour, it's fucking bliss. Um, so there's a lot on the table, and it could be it's a ten year deal essentially, but at five years Netflix can opt out. Or they can choose to extend it to another 10 years. Uh, so plenty of options there. WWE set to make ridiculous money, Kenny. Am I right? The figure is about $5 billion? Is that what I read? Yeah, each year they're going to make $500 million in the deal. Mental. But, I mean, that is going to include eventually the international rights. Because for us in the UK, finally we're getting a better deal than the US Finally, you know, mm. we're going to be getting everything on the network or on, on Netflix. Um, and I think the plan is eventually there'll be no network because it'll all be on Netflix. But well, it'll be it's obsolete, right? Like, I, I was thinking this, so they, you know, okay, all their archive stuff is, is you know, I, I like it. And the even, even the original docs have slowed down now because they have them on Peacock, so we don't even really get them here. But then so... they've got the they've got the Vince McMahon documentary series on netflix that's coming so i think there will be a renewed push because you know netflix are fucking great documentaries they just yeah so i think you'll see lots more stuff like that i mean for me selfishly because i cover ron smackdown from 20 years ago on patreon it'd be good if ron smackdown was still on but in some (laughs) form which i'm sure it will be i just don't but i mean it'll be interesting to see how they do it i think it's it's a i saw some people in the uk complaining about it and i can't really understand why because I pay 30 quid a month for TNT Sports and I really resent paying it because yeah. I, I don't watch anything. I don't watch other sports. I sh- you know, 30 quid a month to watch the WWE shows and, oh, the, func- and, the, function- and the functionality is the pits. So bring on Netflix. You know, yeah, even if- I'm, the, I'm the same really. I mean, UFC is on TNT, which I actually quite like, but, um, but even I'm- if like, because even if, even if they do, like, I think the I pay... I think I pay for the top Netflix package, which is fifteen ninety nine a month. I do, yeah. Um, so say they go, you know, the WWE package will be an extra fiver, or even oh, an extra tenner, right? If they do that, it's still going to be way cheaper than to have a fifteen pound Netflix subscription and a thirty quid TNT one. And you take away the tenner of the network. You take away the tenner of the network, so you're saving. Because I mean, I don't. There will be people listening to this, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, actually. That's my, <laughs> that's my point. I am sure, right, that the majority of people that we know in our lives have Netflix in yeah. some form. So I don't buy the idea of like, oh, I'm going to have to get Netflix now. Well, you fucking should get Netflix. It's yeah, what are you doing? Like, you've been missing it? out. <laughs> like, do you know about good true crime documentaries that are on Netflix? 
sensational. Anyway, yeah. So I, th- I think it's a great deal. And Kendrick's complaining about she's sharp. <laughs> to be honest. Like, Turn it in, everyone. Like, what? Turn like, it in. It's, that, that's like going, you know, here's a key to a mansion for free and you go, no cleaner? Like, yeah. that's what, that that's kind of what the, so I, yeah, I think it's, it's a great, a great move. And, you know, they're going to, because people do not watch TV the same way that they no, used they don't. to. I think this is similarly progressive as to when they launched the network in 2014. Like WWE do have a habit of being ahead of the curve. Um, and, and this this one, unlike the original network, is not to their financial detriment. No, so. no, exactly. They haven't had to invest. You know, really, when you look at that now, that investment was wise to get to where they are now. Um, and, you know, it obviously, I don't know, some accounts and Dave Meltzer are going to struggle when they're like... Hmm. Where are the viewing numbers? Ah! Well, it's funny you say that because I was listening to Uncle Dave today and uh, apparently Nielsen are going to start uh, doing ratings for Netflix. Of course they are. But the, but the difference is going to be if you get a rating, for, if you get told like Netflix say 4 million people watch Raw, that encompasses everybody in the world on Netflix. Yeah, and also like the other thing you have to take into account of that is like when, because not everybody will have to watch it live on Netflix. Do you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the whole beauty of Netflix. So. But it's kind of perfect for WWE because, look, we know they love a wee inflated number sometimes. So <laughs> the fact yeah. that they can say, seven million people watch Raw. I mean, you know, that, they, that, they'll love that. So, yeah, it's a great move. It's a great week. If you're a WWE fan, it's been a great week. If you're somebody who doesn't like WWE, it's probably a tough week to stomach. I was but... about to say, what, what, do you think, what do you think Tony Khan's making of all of this right now? I mean, given that tonight they're in... I can't remember which city they're in, but I think tonight the, the last check on WrestleTix they'd sold eighteen hundred tickets for Dynamite. Yeah. I mean, to to me though, the thing is, and I've always said this, uh, and it's just the way I watch wrestling, but I think it is kind of the way that most people uh, consume it is that people like hot angles and stars, but that is what they yeah. like. And I think yeah. that, that the, the problem with AEW is the wrestling is great. If you want to watch really good wrestling, AEW has tons of it, but they don't have a lot of stars that people are invested in or, or programs that they're invested in. So I think that's why people aren't going to the shows. Like, I mean, yeah. for they example, had they had them. Like they, they had them. But I mean, so for example, and I'll, I'll shut up after this cause I know I'm going on, but like collision, right. As an example. Mm. So I was listening to Meltzer and Alvarez talk about collision. And I, so I cover collision with Sandra. It irritates me that I have to watch it because <laughs> there's two things that tend to happen in collision. One Top name against mid-card name that we know the top name is going to win. So like Adam Copeland and Dante Martin or John Moxley and Shane Taylor. And then the feud that's on Collision, feud, not feuds, is the House of Black against FTR and Daniel Garcia. And it's not really that meaty of a feud. Mm. It's just kind of, they're fighting, right? But if you go to a live Collision show, apparently they tape like 10 Ring of Honor matches between like before and after the show. So, like, if you're somebody who's going to a collision show and you are there and, like, the collision is just kind of okay, because also they don't tell you in advance who's going to be at collision most of the time. And you kind of just have to kind of figure it out. So you don't really know who's going to be there. They do loads of Ring of Honor. Like, you're not going to go back. So I think that they need to get a bit better with, you know, WWE have all, I mean, like, for example, the, the SmackDown after WrestleMania in Orlando, I think it was, They'd advertised the dark match was going to be Nakamura against Ziggler. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. So, like, when we were in the arena, we're like, "Oh fuck yeah, we'll stick around for that." Um, but I, th- I think they just need to get better at. It. I mean, if Tony Khan could take his Twitter persona 
and just turn that guy into a character on TV, like that would probably be one of the best parts of the show because yeah, it's characters. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I think they've got Mercedes though. See, apparently, I mean, it's hard to say until the Rumble passes. Yeah, that, I, I think until the Rumble passes, people will still be like, "I'll, I'll just wait." Yeah, I, I, I certainly, for the record, wouldn't commit to where she is right now. I wouldn't put money down on it. And also, I mean, can you imagine if fucking if Sasha turns up at the Rumble? You'd be like, oh my god, there's more people not going to be in the Mania cards. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be fair, AEW for like two or three years was my favorite show. Oh, um, Dynamite, like, yeah. Dynamite was. You know, this is when uh, the Elite, and uh, obviously you had the Kenny and and Hangman pages on the Ascent and. And then Danielson joined, and I was like, wow, and Adam Cole joined, and it was all great, and uh, MJF was on the rise. And then, you know, you take MJF out, you lose a couple of those, like Kenny and the, the you know, Bucks, and they're meandering around, and Cody leaves, and Hamang Page loses a bit of pace. I mean, I like what him and Swerve have done together, to be fair, but outside of that, you know, like the acclaimed were red hot at one point, and like now they're just kind of like, eh, it's... It's it's they have cooled off significantly, and a and WWE running parallel have heated up massively with the bloodline, you know, and everything around that, like that time frame. And you, the, the, it's it's palpable, tangible the change right yeah. between the two and how they've switched places. Um, I really do hope that AEW get it back because it's it is a show dynamite that I have historically enjoyed greatly, but um, they're not in their yeah, they're not in their best spot right now. Yeah, you, you, it, it needs to be hotter, and you know, I think I think there's. I don't. Get, I mean, the tough thing is when you when you've been really really hot and then you're not. It's harder to get back, but it's not impossible. And they've got loads of talent. They've got loads of goodwill, and yeah, I yeah. I, I, mean, I think he would have thought the devil was his hot angle. I think like I think Tony Khan will have thought that that this is the the hot angle too. And it was you know to be fair, it wasn't wasn't the worst played off but i don't know yeah i mean the, the, yeah the, the their issue is that WWE. it's like i remember jim Cornette had said about the attitude era because somebody was like you know the attitude era was so hot and he was like yeah they could have fucked a donkey in the ring people would have bought a ticket for it <laughs> yeah yeah and like that's kind of where WWE are right now so and but also at that point it, the, the big difference between now and then is that WWE are doing really good stuff you know you've not got the vince russo type stuff happening so yeah, it's a good week for for wrestling fans, and I think that I think it's good overall. So who would have thunk it? Two break it downs, <laughs> Two, and there'll be a third next week. There's gonna be a third inside seven days. That's fucking okay. mental. I know. Um, we'll take, then we'll take a month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to just recover. Too much. Um, too much. Nick Aldis is going to close the show. By the way, just a quick word for him. He's settled in great. In WWE, I think um, those who knew you, how good he would be. Who yeah, knew I, was, I was about to say those of you familiar with with Magnus and then you know his NWA run will will not be surprised about how good Nick Aldis has fitted in. But it does make me happy to see the love for him on social media. Um, you know how he's slotted into that role and rubbed shoulders with the elite uh, very very seamlessly. So that's cool, and we get into all of that here shortly. Make uh, me Kenny, make, make me a bet here. Go on. When do you think Nick Aldis has his first match in WWE? You know, I'll say this. I think next year or the year after is WrestleMania London. And I think he wrestles before that. Um, 
he from what the vibe I got from him is that he'd like it to be in England when he does. But um, I think already you're getting a bit of electricity around around him. I don't think they'll be able to hold it. So I, I'm gonna go. I think he's wrestled by the end of the year. By the, yeah, by the end of this year for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, exciting times. And on that note, let's hear from the man. You can hear from Kenny and myself next week post-Rumble. It's going to be a good one. And hopefully we'll have some good interviews off the back of that to share with you guys as well. Until then, you know to hit the YouTube and make sure you catch all of the interviews we've been up to and some live clips from Kenneth in action. Um, but until then, here's Nick Aldis. Nick, how are you, man? I'm good. Good to see you again. Yeah, I mean, listen, I made sure I was on time today. I was like, I'm not going to be late for Nick again. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm at work. You can see me, man. No kids are holding me I back now, see, Nick. We're, we're, all, we're all good. Um, man, it's been a delight to to see you on weekly TV, WWE, man. Um, felt like you. a long time. Felt like a long time coming uh, from yeah, my perspective. So now, now that we are here, though, how much have you been enjoying this run thus far because i'm sure i mean maybe 10 years ago you were thinking i'm going to get there and i'm going to wrestle this person you know wh whatever you might have thought and it's been a kind of unconventional i guess but really entertaining start to life in wwe yeah look i've had a i've, I've been having a blast um uh, you know i think fortunately uh I've, I've come in blessed with uh the gift of managed expectations uh, so, you know, um, it, I, I had sort of made peace with the idea that maybe WWE was never going to be in the cards for me at all. So I certainly have come in with a, with a, a, a level of gratitude that I perhaps wouldn't have had as a, a guy in his twenties. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and look, I, I, I came in on a, uh, on a day rate you know, to, to try out as a producer behind the scenes, uh, which I, again, had fully made peace with the idea of, hey, if that's going to be my job, then that's going to be my job and I'll and I'll do that job to the best of my ability because uh, I decided that at this point in my life and my career, um, I wanted to contribute to the big leagues, however that, that may be, because I'd put in my 10,000 hours, you know, I had, I felt like I had, done enough and had enough experience enough expertise uh you know and and my own unique sort of philosophy and and my own track record of of uh of success in the the wrestling business that i you know at this point i was sort of i was ready to work with the top with the you know at the top level uh I, you know i, I didn't I, I felt like um one way or another my my skill set as a professional was best suited to be contributing to the number one company. Yeah, I mean, it was listen, like I say, it was overdue. Um, but again, I mean, you, you're you're what you're thirty seven now. You're not yeah. like you know, there, there's in ring years there. I know there are. Um, how did the discussion come to pass? Of hey, what about a producer? Like, is there a part of your you know, like you said, you checked your expectations, but I guess there's a part of your ego at that point that's like, oh, this is where we are. Or, you know, talk to me about that whole development of that situation. Yeah. So, uh, 
I, I finished up with the NWA and at that time, that was when I had sort of, you know, really decided that what, if there was, if there was any kind of opportunity whatsoever with WWE, that was where I wanted to be. Um, you know, because, <laughs> uh, I had done everything. I felt like I'd done everything I could do, you know, at a place with limited resources or with, you know, with sort of, um, limited ex- uh, and just decided like one way or another, I want a chance to contribute there because when I think about things and I, I look at the business and I, I, you know, um, philosophize about the business, I'm, I'm always thinking about WWE, right? Like, you know, doing it at the highest level. Uh, so I had, you know, I had reached out and had a uh, brief, but I felt positive conversations with, with um, Bruce Pritchard. And, um, you know, he sort of mentioned to me like, Hey, this is, this was at the beginning of last year. It's about a year ago where he had, uh, without giving too much away, uh, as is a classic Bruce, uh, he just sort of said, look, there's a lot going on at the moment on the corporate side. Mm. So, you know, let's stay in touch, but maybe go and, you know, go and get busy for a bit and, and, you know, circle back and let's see where things are at, you know, in a, a few months down the road, obviously we later found out that that was the sale and the, you know, the, the, the TKO, uh, you know, the, the TKO era coming in and, and everything like that. So uh, now it makes a lot of sense. Um, and when he did call back, he said, uh, look, we're, what about a producer? And he said, look, I know it's probably not what you had in mind, your first choice, but it, you know, we believe that with your level of experience and expertise and, you know, you're articulate and you're a professional, we think that you could really um, be a great, you know, be a great addition to that side of things um, and, you know, help a lot of the talent bring out, you know, the best of themselves. And, you know, what do you say to that? You know, I took that as a huge compliment. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, like I, like I said, I'd sort of already made a promise to myself that whatever, whatever the opportunity was, I was going to take it. Um, because, you know, it's better to be in the tank than under it. And, uh, you know, I kind of went, look, WWE are, you know, especially now with the TKO and, you know, where things are at. I mean, the business that, you know, that we're doing now and everything, it's just, you know, I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to, I wanted to plug into that energy source. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing time to be part of WWE. Um, and yeah, like I said, it started off very, you know, no, no promises, no expectations. Um, I was just on a day rate for the first couple of months. I was just learning how things work. And trust me, it takes, it takes months to mm. even just, just to familiarize yourself with the WWE way of doing things, just the scale of the operation, you know, just, just the, the hundreds and hundreds of people involved every single week in, in making these live broadcasts happen. And, you know, you talk to people in television production and they will all, they'll all say that whether they're wrestling fans or not, they'll just, you know, they marvel at WWE's level of television production you know, for a lot, like to, you know, to put out, 
you know, seven hours a week of live broadcast at that quality, you know, it's, that's, that takes, it takes a huge team and it takes the very best in the business uh, at what they do, you know, uh, you know, all the way down the line. Um, and, you know, that's, that's been one of the most fascinating and, and exciting parts of uh, that particular role, you know, because I look, I'm very fortunate because I spent a long time trying to get one job with WWE and now I have two uh, <laughs> in that, on that particular job. Uh, you know, it's exhilarating and it's terrifying at the same time and it's exciting, uh, you know, but it's, it's just understanding like, God, there are so many, so many people involved in this and so many moving parts and just understanding how to, um, you know, how to be efficient and effective in your particular role and, and how to communicate. That's, that's the biggest thing about that particular job is the communication side of it. And, and, you know, understanding uh, who does what. And it's like in WWE, there's a, there is a, there is an elite level expert at every single job, you know, (laughs) there's very few, very few instances in WWE where there's sort of one guy who wears multiple hats, like in WWE, there's like there's one guy who does one thing and he's the best in the business at doing that one thing. And and when you need something about that, you go to him or her. And that's that's what separates WWE from everywhere else. It's it's like, you know, it's like being the you know, it's like being in the Navy SEALs or, you know, <laughs> the you know, the Royal Marines or something. It's like you just yeah. you, you are expected to deliver at a very, very high standard. If you get one job like you have to do that job immaculately well. Well, it was suggested to me that you've done that thus far. Um, how does, you know, we'll get to the the interactions on TV and, the, you know, how well they've been received and they have. Um, but how do they then say, OK, well, now we want you to be the GM as well. Like that's a, It's quite a quick promotion, man, like two months in. Yeah. So, um, look, I, I like I said, I uh, had no no expectations. I had I, I was really. I had no idea whether or not uh, Hunter, you know, had any idea like who I was or what I had done um, or what I was capable of doing, you know, and why would he, right? Like you say, he's he's got a lot going on. Um, So I think uh, it was, it was in Hershey. We had SmackDown in Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I remember that because it was, uh, it was, that was the night that Cena came back Um, and we were in the production meeting and, uh, and Bruce Pritchard um, pulled me out of the meeting and, and asked me how I was feeling physically. And, you know, if I was, if, you know, he said, because we have, we have an idea for you for a character. And I was okay. And that was that. And they didn't mention anything more about it for a few weeks. Um, I, you know, I suppose at that point I started thinking logically about like, well, it could be, you know, it's either going to be something like a general manager, like the, you know, the, an authority figure, uh, or it's going to be some completely new, you know, um, I did, but you know, but either way, like I, I, the way it had been articulated to me, I sort of pieced together like, okay, I could, you know, I feel like it's going to be something along those lines. So I started sort of um, preparing, you know, for that. Uh, and then a few weeks later, he called again and said, uh, the SmackDown general manager. And I was like, yes, please. Where do I sign? Uh, <laughs> you know? 
Um, and you know, it was very, very, it was a very easy deal to get done. Um, I loved the, the, the prospect, you know, I, I remember, uh, getting off the phone and talking to Mickey about it right away. And she was just like, Oh my God. Yes. Like you'll be great at that. Mm. Um, and so look, it's like anything else. Um, it's, you know, a spot like that, it comes down to two things. Obviously, uh, it's only as good as, uh, as what you're given, right. You know, in terms of TV time, uh, but the other, you know, and it's only as good as you make it. Uh, and for both of those things, I've been very blessed that they've given me some good opportunities to show what I can do. Uh, and I feel like I've delivered the character in a, in a way that's sort of different. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's, I, there's been some really great authority figures over the years, you know, uh, I hear, I, I get, I get so many Teddy Long uh, <laughs> tweets and uh, <laughs> you know, comments and stuff. I love Teddy. Uh, and I, and Teddy has always been actually a big advocate for me. Like I've heard him say multiple times that he thought I should be in WWE and stuff like that. So I, I love Teddy for that. But, um, you know, I think the ones who people remember are all the ones who sort of made it their own, you know, who sort of did it in their own unique way. Bischoff, Teddy, Stephanie, um, so, you know, for, and I just looked at him and went, okay, I think I have a way to, you know, I, I had an, a sort of a vision of what this character could be. Uh, and that's what you're starting to see now on TV. Yeah. I thought the interaction with you and Roman backstage was excellent for telling everybody what you're about. And, uh, you know, dare I use the word between you, there was that electricity, right? Where you don't back down. He kind of stares at you and it's like, you know, there's that impasse. And then obviously we've seen the development last week where you've got him in the four way now. Um, did you and those backstage, have you felt that um, promising chemistry between you and Roman? Whether that results in something in the ring, I know I'd like to see that. But uh, even just from a character standpoint, clearly there's something there. Sure answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was... You look, uh, I would, you know, I would, I would add to that. I, I feel like there's a, a, a good, a strong chemistry between me and Paul Heyman also, you know. I agree. And yeah, that, I agree. And that is the, that's the extra sort of, that's the extra element to that particular um, story arc that's, that's really unique and interesting um, because he's such a, you know, he, and look, um, as much as he and I will butt heads on television, um, I will say, you know, as as Nick Aldis, the uh, producer, <laughs> Nick Aldis, the uh, the 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 studier of sports entertainment, that for that particular, you know, the, the, those that particular character, that particular set of skills, uh, you know, Paul Heyman is probably the the best person to study. You know, he's probably the best in his best to ever do it. Um, mm. and I would, I would also, I would, I would put him, I, I would, I will, I've always felt like Paul, uh, Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette are the three most talented extemporaneous speakers in the history of the business. Um, and I certainly, you know, do my best, like the way I look at it is, you know, it's, I always believed in a rising tide lifting all boats. So for me, it's like when I, if I have television time with Paul Heyman, my job is to hang 
you know mm. <laughs> my job is to is to no matter no matter what i have to make sure that i am perceived as comparable right as a as a character as, you know and and um and my thought on that is that well if i can if i can hang with Heyman, right then i can and then if i can hang with roman now i have a, now i have a certain level of status with all the superstars because obviously roman's status is a class by himself you know as a character so that yes that interaction was very important for you know my character development no doubt yeah uh, and you know, again, it's been a great job so far. You did a, an amazing job with NWA as well. You put them on your back, gave them the best years in recent memory, in my opinion. So I think you've got a lot of due and a lot of credit with a lot of wrestling fans because of that. How cool is it to be in WWE? And you said it earlier, John Cena rolls into town. You know, people that you might not have had much interaction with before, but you get to interact with for the first time. The Rock was in the house last week. Like, are these people you were able to? even get you know a quick hello and 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 a, and a quick meet with and you know how, rock, how cool rock is, that? is rock rock is like my uh white whale at the moment I, the, the last two times he's been at tv i haven't been there oh. <laughs> and i've started going like is he you know is this a rib like am i <laughs> like what's going on here like every time I, every time i'm not there like so he's sort of my white whale which is funny because he's probably the you know of everybody He's probably the guy who made me want to get into the business more than anyone else at that time, you know, and then along with Brett and and uh, a few others. But um, so, look, yeah, uh, what a time to be part of WWE, you know, the, the, this um, such a such a stacked uh, main event scene, mm-hmm. um, such an abundance of potential big big money matches on the horizon for 2024 and 2025 i mean honestly like the when you go through the when you go through the list of names that we have ready to you know who who are box office right if to to do it all to do all these different particular matches and do them justice you're already talking you're already planning into 2025 i agree you know, which is a wonderful predicament to be in for, uh, for you know, for for Paul and for you know the rest of the team, you know, Michael Hayes and and you know and and and, and to a lesser extent, yeah, myself, like and the guys who are involved in in that process, you know, as well. Um, I, I yes, I, I uh, Cena was in the house um, for my uh, my on screen debut. Uh, and he he was very kind, you know, and and you know he came and said, you know, congratulations on the gig, you know, it's a long time coming, um, and uh, he complimented me on the the zinger I got in on Dom. Uh, <laughs> there he goes, man. Very the good. timing on that was like pitch perfect. That was a great line, and you know, so I told him I appreciate it, and uh, you know, so yeah, look, um, to sort of feedback nods you know from guys like that and obviously to work directly with hunter on things uh is you know a dream come true uh and you know and and going back to the interaction with roman uh f- to be given the opportunity to 
so early on in my WWE career to to be presented in that way with Roman, you know, uh, to be presented as a sort of as an equal in terms of status, yeah, is uh, that's not lost on me, you know. And look, I made my on-screen debut as part of Triple H's in-ring promo, uh, you know. So, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, there's 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 not a lot that I can there's no complaints, <laughs> no complaints on my end. <laughs> Um, it is one that is, is going to spiral up into a few questions, but I'll try and keep it as compact as I can. One, is the door not shut on in-ring from you or WWE? Not from me, for sure. You know, um, anything is possible in the WWE. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I, know, I, I, I know that, again, I, and I deeply appreciate all of the fans, you know, who 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 keep me alive in that regard, um, you know, who's who who want to see me in the ring with this person or that person, and obviously, uh, since my interaction with Roman, have you know, that's started a whole sort of different conversation in that regard, and I'm just grateful that there's an interest in it. Um, at the same time, I'm fully committed to being the best general manager of all time. You know, mm-hmm. so like it, it, I'll cross that bridge if I come to it. Cool. Let's. Uh, well, you you mentioned the word dreams earlier, so let's uh, let's touch on to that. If if there were some, I'm going to assume you'd like to step into WrestleMania before your career is done, and also there, there's a lot of WWE shows on our shores now, Nick. I know you're a US resident, but I'm going to call them our shores. Um, yes. You can't tell me you don't dream of being in a WWE ring in front of a British crowd. I mean, listen, TNA had a hotbed in Britain that I know you've yeah. got to enjoy. But listen, I was at Money in the Bank last year. I was at Clash at the Castle. You need to be in front of a, a crowd like that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I, yeah, so I watched Money in the Bank. Uh I particularly remember John Cena coming out and saying that that we needed a WrestleMania to take place in London. Mm. And I will say this, if that if that were to happen, which it will, I'm I'm very confident of that. Um I don't have any intel on it, but you don't say something like that without you know, without there being intention. Uh agreed. If that were to happen, uh, I would certainly do everything I could to be a good fit for that show, you know, and I would hope that uh, again, it all comes down to timing and opportunity and, you know, and what the, and what the fans want to see uh, if, if, and if the fans want to see it and the opportunity is there and it's good for business. Yeah. But, you know, never say never. Two birds, one stone. There it is. Mania, England. Nick Aldis, thank you very much. Uh, Nick, I think you're doing great, man. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the Daily Mail today. Uh, I look forward to doing it again sometime, man. Alex, appreciate it.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.